I'm just recording it now because we're not. Evil child. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Hello. We're here. We're Story Beast. We, I don't I don't know if we actually decided what we're talking about. We were in the middle of an argument about what it was. <laughs> and then I was like, let's record. Um, <laughs> manuscript wish lists. We're talking about manuscript wish lists. Okay, we are. We are. We, we were torn between that and another topic that we'll probably do later. I feel conflicted now because I got books for the other topic. It's a fat stack of books. And they're right here. She's Mark, giving us sad prepared. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Cry. She's like, pick me on the one. Cry. How are you guys? Good over here. I never oh know if I gosh. go first or second. So good, good in my neck of the woods. No Gabby, smoke over here. Gabby said, always go first. Oh, that's right. You should. And then everyone yeah. will respect me. Yeah. <laughs> Fight for dominance. How's the smoke up there now? Pretty crap. Yeah, pretty bad. It's even reached you, hasn't it? Yeah, there's smoke in Virginia. Nadine, do you, you don't have smoke? We don't have smoke right in the year. And uh, we already have a burning ban in effect. So if you go camping, you cannot have a fire um, until October. And usually it's not this early. Usually it's July, at least, when the burning bans come in effect. So early June is different. That's crazy, though. I mean, to me, it speaks to how bad it is that I can see it in freaking Virginia. Um, I was looking on my weather app and there's like, I mean, there's a warning on it. Like the air quality here is not good. So I can only imagine what it's like near you. So you're staying inside, I hope. Yeah, we have to, like they're advising people to wear masks and stuff and not fun. I think before we jump into manuscript wish lists, I want to just briefly chat about how how is everyone's like writing life going right now pretty okay I'm kind of in a little quiet phase now it just came out of some stuff but I wrapped up my YA and um sort of tinkering with my next book which I haven't started fully drafting yet I just have like a little dribble of pages which hasn't come together into anything cohesive in the kind of in-between phases, I've also like worked on my website, opened that up again because it was locked for a while, uh, started a newsletter, done some of those stepping stones that we talked about in between about how they're kind of painful things to do when we only want, or at least I only want to write my stories and not have to think about like the social media and the newsletters and the, all of those other things, but they're important. And so I put some energy into those things and st still feel like I'm producing something even when I'm not working completely on my novels. Yeah, I think it's important to be able to switch between those types of things. Uh, just a quick plug, uh, the website is habibaweston at, uh, dot com. correct? Uh, so that's uh, G-H-A-B-I-B-A-W-E. S-T-O-N dot com. Look at that. She can spell. So um, so anyway, you can subscribe there. <laughs> oh goodness, you're such a great wing, wing woman. That's, that's the whole thing, right? 
well, writers you. writers support writers people support people <laughs> um yeah so um so anyway yeah I just subscribed uh today actually I was I couldn't even believe that I wasn't subscribed yet I'm trying to be better <laughs> but I love you <laughs> um yeah so that that's good though yeah and um I I feel that so hard there's like I'm doing all these pieces right now that I'm doing a course right now for like indie authors bits at a time and also just we always acknowledge this here just all of the other life pieces are a lot right now I don't think I've said this yet but I am really excited I actually am getting a little bit of time off this summer from my day job which is going to be really really cool and I'm just really really happy and excited about that and I'm going to be able to I think to focus on some of these other pieces but yeah I'm doing that revision um I need to like get an LLC I think anyway I'm sure we'll talk more about that process later but yeah lots of things I love that and it's so exciting that you're going through all of these steps like I know it's also anxiety inducing but it's it is exciting and it's cool to watch you and see you kind of grab it and dive in and do all the things that you need to do before your release which is 19th of October everybody did I get that right I said that off the top of my head and I I have a sip around my brain so lovely we're just trading that's so fun yeah I just I sent out like a really I think anyway, really cute email to, I've been calling them my cover coven and um, just people that signed up to help me do my cover reveal, which I do have a cover. I'm super excited about it. Um, I think I'm going to release it maybe the end of June, possibly early July. I'm just trying to figure out some of those things, but um, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. And if you're a writer human trying to make it out there you might relate to like I don't know anything about TikTok like I posted something about Pedro Pascal eating a sandwich that did remarkably well and then everything else I'm like you know I'll put a lot of time into a video and then like three people look at it and I'm like what do we do here what is this so I'm just trying to figure out life perhaps we should <laughs> uh jump into manuscript wish lists what is on your manuscript list wish list actually what is the manuscript wish list let's chat about that first might be basic might not be okay so manuscript wish lists are wish lists that agents put out telling you what they would like to see in their slash piles what they want you to query and they're interesting to me on many levels because there's there's a specific website called manuscript wish list and then there's also different ways that Agents put their wish lists out. Sometimes they tweet about them. Sometimes they have their own websites that they update. Sometimes they have it on their own, on their agency websites. And I find that usually the ones that we see on sites like Manuscript Wishlist tend to be a little bit outdated unless the agent is updating them constantly. And the more updated stuff I find on Twitter when they just quickly tweet, I would love to see something like this. That's what they are, firstly. And then on certain sites, they might list their favorite books and say things like, I would love to see something in the vein of and list some stories. They also, on manuscript wish lists, for instance, have a section that says, I want the next, and they give 
book uh, like book lists of things that they don't represent but would like something similar or also films or series that they would like to see a book of and sometimes they kind of cross that and that's interesting to to look at when you're comping and when you're trying to think about how to pitch your book with log lines or with um, sometimes if you use query manager they, they have a little section at the bottom that says who would this book appeal to and you can write things like for fans of and then list books or list films or list series so that's really interesting thing to look at when you're looking at agents and take note of of that for me that's what I use it for anyway what I find interesting is that you don't quite realize how unique your story is until you start looking at manuscript wish lists for different agents and for some time sometimes you're like oh what I'm writing is boring or my story sounds like everyone else's story but then when you're looking at lists trying to make your story fit in you realize that your story is different and it is your own way of saying things and it is quite a job looking for the right fit I thought it would be fun if we could talk about manuscript wish lists of things that we would like to see or we would like to read and maybe we have listeners that have book recommendations for us I think this is super exciting. This is a delicious idea. The other idea that we shall not talk about is also it's it's also extremely delicious for other reasons, but um you guys will know that later. But this is super fun and I really hope people flood our DMs like to the brim, past the brim. I just want to be overwhelmed with recommendations for my manuscript wish list here. So I have a stack of books here for that other thing. I'm going to riff off of it and it might sound familiar the next time. I won't apologize. (laughs) (laughs) We like what we like. We like what we like. And you know what we like? It's enemies to lovers. (laughs) We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. So please. (laughs) But like, I want... I want enemies to lovers I haven't read, (laughs) which is going to be a hard one. So, I I mean, I don't think that this is a spoiler at all, even though I'll talk about it until I die. I loved Fourth Wing. Give me more (laughs) enemies to lovers exactly like this, but different. (laughs) Exactly like this with the dark haired, uh, morally gray love interest, but different different name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Aiden Zay. <laughs> Ooh, so hot. Okay, I'm sorry. We still have to do our bonus episode. Let's move on before we ruin it all. Unless anyone has something else to say besides dragons and hot men. <laughs> I want I want my manuscript wish list. I want books that hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah. But like in a really good way. Like I want to feel so sad when I put that down that those characters have gone off to live their lives and not included me that I'm gutted by it and I feel like I lost a friend send me those recommendations that's what I want hmm. yeah I love a that good hurts. found family where I'm like crying over yeah where the characters are super real I was just listening to a podcast episode today you might be familiar with it it's called story beast oh what's um, what's that one <laughs> And wait, wait, was, wait. What would you comp us to? <laughs> well, I'm not comping you guys. You guys are on. Oh, we're not that. My bad. I'm just <laughs> talking about the episode today that we oh did. Did you just 
Queen Jeez. Charlotte us. We are <laughs> incomparable. <laughs> Does your heart call our name? Nadine yes. is flirting That's on my wish us. list, by the way. I Just want like books that are like Queen Charlotte. Give there's a book about, there's a book now. I, like, Was it not a book before? Like, books like that, mm-hmm. but not that, you know? Okay, so like Regency. Regency wants, gothic girl. Wants, well, I, I think she means like, the deep, like, like, God break my heart and stomp yes. on it romance is what she yeah. means. You yeah. know, and one thing but about- also, like, there's so much good, like, mental health rep in there. And it's just, it's not only, like, the the- physical interactions and the like the charged moments it's the really quiet moments and the really emotionally connecting moments the mo- I don't want to like ruin this like this one scene and I okay I'm not gonna ruin that part, but like it's just so sad it is really good and I one thing I loved about that was kind of the I feel like when we have like love stories like I love romance like I will eat up pretty much any romance I love it what I loved about Queen Charlotte was you know heartbreaking happily ever after I feel like I don't see a lot of that because it really like I mean they were together and loving each other and like it it hurt you know and there were other love stories in there yeah like with Lady Bridgerton and you know and again if you've read the Bridgerton series like I mean there's so much but there's so much heartache, I think, in her character that doesn't get explored in the books. And it was really cool to see a widow, like, think about what her life looked like now. And I don't know, there was just, there was a lot of grief in the love that was really beautiful. The Story Beast episode with Jenna Rose. She <laughs> was talking about how after a big event that was very serious and kind of traumatizing, you will see in media this re- sort of resurgence of needing like romance or like the softer artistic side of story and I love that that is making a resurgence I guess is the word but there's more romance across genres so there is that like regency with um, Queen Charlotte but also like romanticy is making such a big wave all through social media and it's just fantasy doesn't have to be like these epic doorstopper stories and it feels like there's more room for softer women's stories that weren't always there in the adult space and it's been hard for me because I wrote an adult fantasy book and trying to find comps that are in a similar vein and it's been nice to see like For the Wolf with Hannah Witten and her new series as well and Rebecca Ross with A River Enchanted and Rachel Gillig with One Dark Window, that there is this like new wave of romantic fantasy that isn't necessarily just romance, but it isn't just fantasy either. So I'm enjoying that. One thing that I have been looking for is either a show or a book like Wednesday. Like I know it's spring now, but I do love those sort of dark academia vibes. And so if anyone has something like Wednesday up their sleeve, can you let me know? That would be great. I would also say I'm looking for, I like fast paced, like fourth wing, like Courtney said, but I also love lush lyrical prose like Catherine Arden in The Bear and the Nightingale. 
So I don't know if anyone can do both. If you do, if you happen to have a fast-paced, lush, lyrical book, let me know. I'd love to read it. Do you want my book? I, I always want your book. That's a <laughs> yes. silly question. Just ignore me. I'm <laughs> just being never, never. Uh, Nadine, I was going to say, I know that you've read this, but the Scalamance series is Wednesday to me. I freaking love a grumpy girl. Like, give me a grumpy girl. I'm like slapping my hands together right now. Um, Sorry, editing Gabby. Um, But anyway, I think she's described as like people feel like there's like a dark cloud over her. And I cannot get enough of that I like I love just mad ladies grumpy ladies you know give me a mad grumpy lady any day of the week I'm here for it you know who's a great mad grumpy lady is Will in Together We Rot I'm reading the arc for that right now uh Skylar Aunt's book which is coming out the end of August and you would love that character she okay. is added, <laughs> added, added. I think that because again, like it's so hard to talk about stories and not that we want to talk about them separate from this, but I feel like it's difficult to talk about story without talking about, I guess if you're kind of like maybe a mood rate reader, like I'm always have like a little bit of grumpiness to me. I feel like, I don't know. So um, like, I always am like, God, yeah, please. Cause I just think the world is such a piece of shit. And so it's like, it's so nice to have a grumpy girl. That's just like, yeah, sucks. I think that's why I liked um, Violet in fourth wing. Cause she was just so sweary. Like she had such a bad mouth that I'm like, yeah, Thank I love that. Like that was so fun. I love that you said that you're a mood reader because Nadine, when you were talking about Generosa's episode and how she drew in like world events that happen and how just people, like the whole whole populations move towards needing certain things. We do that on a smaller scale for ourselves as well. I definitely am a mood reader. And so I will always want books that hurt my feelings, but I also will read in different genres depending on how I feel. And I know that when I'm just too weighed down by a lot of things, then I will move towards just reading romance because I find that easier to digest. And then when I feel like I can take in something heavier, I'll read in other genres. I love reading thrillers. I love reading fantasy, but sometimes I need to be in the right headspace to be able to do those things. I am a mood reader, but I am also at the whim of my Libby Holt coming available. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I'll have like, eight audiobooks on my phone and I don't feel like any of them in that moment but they were on my list because I did want to read them at some point so I've had to let those lapse and take them another time I do read mostly fantasy I have been branching out a little bit to historical fiction I am not a historian so I will believe whatever you say just like a fantasy book um, but I do like a speculative element, sort of like Signa Pike's The Lost Queen. Outlander too, but Outlander's so old. Like if there were other newer ones, that would be interesting to find out too. I'm not like a historical fiction buff. So maybe there are some listeners that have some good recommendations for us. I will listen to this later, but actually as a recommendation for you, Nadine, you should check out Red Hook, I think is what it is. It Red Hook. It's the imprint of Orbit, and Alex Harrow gets published through that. Alex Harrow wrote uh, Once in Future Witches, and her stuff is almost always kind of like historical ish with like fantasy 
stuff. And so that particular imprint, and if I'm wrong, we'll put the the correct thing in the show notes, but that publishing imprint, that's what they do. So that might be just as something to look. You know what I would also love is books that do villains really well. I want a villain who I feel like if I spent just a minute more with them, I might be convinced to just be on their side. Like I want their story to be so good and their pain to be so well-rooted that one tiny choice could have swayed them in either direction and they made the wrong choice, but I sympathize with them very deeply. That's what I want. You need to read Violet Made of Thorns by Gina Chen. She is a grumpy, unlikable female character, but you can just see why she makes the decisions that she does and how she tries to avoid certain fates coming to be. And at the end of the book, you don't know if she's the villain or not. You're questioning. It could be either way. And it is a duology, but I think it might check some of your boxes. I will definitely check that out. Thank you. Yeah, I think Gabby mostly just wants to be hurt. So anything that does that, (laughs) guys, send it her way. (laughs) Um, Do you guys have... Okay, so like, you know, we talked about being mood readers, but also are there things for you that are evergreen? Like you would always be in the mood for it because I feel like I have a few things like that, but I'm just curious if you guys do too. Anything with really good banter. If I can unexpectedly laugh at something that I thought was like, if I, if I have a certain expectation, but then it ends up making me just brings in this comedic effect that I wasn't expecting. I love that. I recently read, gosh, what was it called? I think it was called Once More Upon a Time by Roshni Chokshi. And it was a really quick read, but I didn't expect to laugh that much as I was reading it. It's very like fairy tale-esque. It's really just as you would read a fairy tale when you were a kid, but for adults. And there's no like epicness to it. It's very sweet. It's really charming. And I laughed a lot. So anything that can make me laugh, I will always love to read that. Like I just want to kind of cackle as a reading. I think uh because I I too love good banter and I think that's also why enemies to lovers usually tickles the spot as well because you know it's just like ew I hate you and then like we're just gonna make jabs at each other that's so fun um also like the tension and stuff is always fun what about you Nadine do you have anything evergreen never goes out of style well I am a fantasy reader so I do enjoy that like I I need magic but I also really just love beautiful writing so I like the lyrical beautiful sentences that I just need to write down because I'm like how did they come up with something so beautiful so yeah I really do enjoy writing on a sentence level and also when I'm listening to audiobooks it helps having like a a narrator that is very talented because sometimes that can I know that's a problem for some people but I've been pretty lucky with those lately yeah, I like magic. Sometimes witches, but not all witch books. There's this author, um, she pretty much always writes witches. Her name's Courtney Shack. I've heard of her and I love all the witches that she writes. So I really <laughs> I really think that's a great recommendation, actually. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> she she has very original magic systems, so I enjoy reading her books as well. And her writing on a sentence level is phenomenal. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't it mean is. this. I, I feel it <laughs> in my bones when I am reading it. 
Oh, you guys are so nice to me. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> Did um, we embarrass you? Yes, I'm Good. a little embarrassed. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, there's there's some stuff for me. I actually, you know, I'm almost thinking about like some, we'll call them micro tropes, but obviously like enemies to lovers is like a pretty big category. There's a lot of things that fall into that, but you can also marry those with other things. Um, and so even like when I think about like the fantasy genre, I really love a good underdog story, but also like specifically like the time when they have to train. That is catnip to me. Like I will die for a training sequence. I love in shows and books. It's like if it has that, I'm going to love it. I know that there's like a brief thing. And if anyone watches anime and My Hero Academia, where the main character is like training on this like beach scene, it's not like I don't even think it's like super long. But like also that whole show is about him getting better with his powers too and like becoming the hero that he's supposed to be. And like something like that, I freaking love it. Like I would just read training sequences like straight up <laughs> I am the opposite like I don't mind a training sequence but I feel like uh, I need other no. things to happen at the no. same time otherwise I can't be carried through with it and also I don't mind them in movies because I feel like they speed it up they like give you scenes <laughs> of the progression and that's cool I'm fine with that but when there's a book and it goes on for like 10 15 chapters with somebody only training I like I just start skimming because I'm like okay fine they get stronger <laughs> what, what's happening yeah. there next <laughs> whatever (laughs) (laughs) actually there is like I think there's a whole genre called like I think it's like progression fantasy but it I think the concept I call me out if I'm wrong but I think the whole concept is like the character in each book levels up and it's the leveling up piece gosh this is another anime hunter hunter it looks like hunter and then an x and hunter it's season two they're like in this battle arena tower and they have to get up to this level and when they have to fight the bosses like I'm just like every single time and then they they fall down they get back up and they keep trying like give it to me so Gabby you're wrong I I also really love Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross I just love all of Rebecca Ross <laughs> love on the deep pivots she's like don't fight guys <laughs> And um, I oh. love the love letters. And I thought that was a beautiful piece to the story. So I'd love to find another book with that similar vibe. Because I also had a Divine Rivals hangover. Like I had a fourth ring hangover, but Divine Rivals, I had to take a break from fantasy. That's when I read some historical fiction. Love <laughs> letters. My catnip. I, okay. So two parts. I agree. I love I love love. I love love letters. And I know you can't see us because of your computer situation, Nadine. And Gabby and I literally had to mute and cry. <laughs> you just pivoted. Connie has to drink a glass of water now. She's been laughing too much. <laughs> I um I had to try like five times there to unmute myself. Why was it so funny? <laughs> we were like Gabby, each other and you yeah. were like, I like divine rivals. <laughs> it's so classic it's so classic oh my gosh I feel like this is how we talk to each other so it is (laughs) okay okay added to the list friendship stories I freaking love friendship um give me 
something with like either friendship is the point or there's a strong side of friendship. I love that. Like really good friendship though, because I feel like a lot of friendships are like the tack on to a romantic arc and then they fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't read it yet. Gosh, what is it called? It was um (laughs) (laughs) terrible. It was the book of the month pick. What is it? It's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Oh, oh I've seen yes. that. I haven't read yeah. it. But. So this is really supposed to be a story about friendship, but also like creative partners in business, I believe. Like they make a game together, I want to say. Oh, interesting. This is by uh, Gabrielle Zevin. And when I flipped it open, it says that the writer wrote Elsewhere which I think I read. I don't really remember it, but I I would have been when I was like very, very youthful. (laughs) Courtney, have you read Throne of Glass? I know you haven't read Akatar yet and that is coming up. Yes. Uh, So I think I actually read Throne of Glass. Like that's the first one, right? Yeah. I think I, I, well, I read the first book a very long time ago when I wasn't actually like youthful (laughs) like you know like when I was like an actual like young adult or teen I don't know I was I was in I was in high school when I read it so it was a while ago but yeah I did read that and I am reading Akatar so well there's one friendship group in the Throne of Glass series but it's not in the first book and it's Man and Blackbeak they're witches and Ooh. I know our, our listeners would have heard this, but that is a very strong friendship story. And I would like another one of that. That would be great. Okay, noted, noted. I would um, also like not just 18-year-old protagonists. Like I would like a really badass like granny, you know, like take me on a quest with her or just... The, the Adventures of Avanel Sarafi by Shannon... Chakraborty. Is she a granny? I haven't she read it yet. She is a mom who is, I think she's like late 40s and she's a pirate. So she's badass and cool. There's a book called Killers of a Certain Age and it's about like, I believe, old lady assassins. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so just to throw that one out there. I do want like a nice Golden Girls type. Oh, story. Yeah. Golden Girls meets, gosh, Iris. Yeah, something stabby. (laughs) I want a Golden Girls meets Pirates. I'd read that. I think that'd be fantastic. I feel like I want to write that now. Yeah, you should. I feel like (laughs) vampires are coming back, but maybe pirates are also, I feel like we're going through another ocean-y period of books coming out. So when I was growing up, my dad literally had to like deal with real life pirates, like modern day pirates. And Get so, out. No, seriously. People always thought I was kidding about this, but like legitimately. And so now I feel like I should actually write that book. This is interesting to me. He's going to yeah. be like, why, why are you asking me about this 20 years down the line? I think you need <laughs> but to But I shall take that. advantage of this information. Yes, please do. Write Golden Girl Pirates. I actually think you should just call it that. Can you legally call it that? Golden girl? Can you use the phrase golden girl? I don't know. I was about to ask that. I think, I don't know. I have to look up the rights for those things. Gilded lady pirates. (laughs) (laughs) 
That sounds too close to guilty pots. You know, we all make our choices and you chose to think that. It was not a conscious choice. Stop judging me. Nadine's going to change the topic in like two seconds. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking about Jenna Rose again, about how she (laughs) talked about their romantic period (laughs) following um, harder world events. But I think also... I remember applying to Pitch Wars two years ago and one of the mentors had said like, are you guys okay? Like I'm getting a lot of dark books in my, in my submissions. And so I think it's really interesting that I definitely feel like writing is a cathartic release and helps me um, deal with life in a safe way, even if I'm not consciously using it that way. I do think there's been quite a good wave that I've seen lately of authors putting content warnings at the beginnings of their books. I really, really like that. And it's not something that has been common in the past or that I've seen in books that, you know, even in the last 10 years or so, it wasn't common practice to do that. And now with some contests, they would ask for content warnings. And I see people actually putting some conscious effort in when they're querying to also say some agents have on their lists. I definitely don't want things with blood. I don't want horror. I don't want pet death. You know, they they list those things, but a lot of agents don't. And I think being upfront about the things that even if it's just in your opening pages and you put some warning at the beginning of those pages, I think that's a really good practice. And it's just a really, I think, kind way of being respectful to your readers because people come in and they want to be surprised, but they don't want to be surprised in the wrong way. At least I don't want to. I don't want to come across something that is going to shock me or upset me that I wasn't prepared for. And some people will read the the content warnings and will read the book because of the content warnings. You know, I mean, there's, there's room for everybody here. Yeah, I agree. I read All My Rage by Sabata Hare. Some of those content warnings were ones that I normally would stay away from a book, but I also loved her other books and thought I'll give it a go. And if it feels uncomfortable, I'll stop. But I had so much respect for the way that she approached that whole, like all of the topics in the story. And also for the way that she outlined the triggers and was like, take care of yourselves. And I've tried to write this in a specific way, but obviously it might not fall right for everybody. So if it's not for you, you know, feel free to stop and I read the whole thing and I devoured it I loved it so that was the beautiful book I mean there's a reason it won so many awards and I will read anything Saba Tahir ever writes like she can make a cookbook and I'll buy it or well I guess that that would actually be really cool maybe she can maybe she can write a cookbook but um she could make like a math textbook and I would go read it for her directions (laughs) I don't think she can make a make a we um we should actually add cookbooks to our manuscript wish list, especially on this podcast. We Maybe should. We, I want to fantasy fantasy cookbooks uh, with like dietary considerations. So like substitutions for different things, I think would be nice. I wonder, I always, if I look up a recipe and I type in something like vegan chocolate cake or whatever, then I always get like really crappy recipes that don't work. But if I just type in like, delicious chocolate cake and then 
look at the ingredients and know for myself what the best substitutes are for certain things. Then I make my own substitutions and usually it works out fine. Well, I mean, you guys know, I think, I think the last time we were on here, I was talking about how I've had some shit cooking times. I think it was the last time. So anyway, but uh, one of the tried and true recipes I've been doing has been like that. I shared it before, but it was that vodka pasta situation and it's not like non-dairy, but I just sub in like a can of coconut milk and cheese I can eat and it's all good. Also though, I don't, I don't want to quite go into snacks yet even though I feel like we've been talking for a while, I feel like I could talk about this for freaking ever because I've got so many things I just want and love, but also give me like death tournaments. Yes, high stakes. All the people you love are going to die. The thing you love the most is going to be taken from you. You're oh, running out please. of time. You're like, oh. Oh, I don't know. Just give me all of those. And then like- A ticking clock. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. And then like uh, a beautiful sex scene. <laughs> beautiful being the keyword beautiful I mean like really like hot and like sexy sex scene but also beautiful (sighs) I mean I think there's so spice fine but I think where there's like back to the whole emotional connection thing I think those are the books that really pull me so if I think about some of the books that I really really love they aren't hardly ever like there's not a lot of spice in them but there's such great tension and emotional connection between the characters that when they eventually end up together it's really really satisfying and I don't know if you know about this book I mean I sometimes mention it but like you know six of crows I don't I don't know if you what's that it. book what um I don't know I mean yeah you probably will have who, to look it up it's who wrote not that what's the author's name again who wrote that <laughs> That's uh, I think that was like Lee something. Oh, huh. I don't, so, I don't know if I know Lee, but by the Bardugo. That's the one. Oh, that's okay, it. okay, yeah, yeah I vaguely. No, was the TV show? Hmm? Yeah, I think there's one out. I think there's. Oh, one okay, weird. Netflix, yeah, probably. Anyway, I carry but, on. So, like that, the room. There's a couple of romances in there, <laughs> more than a couple. And the one that I love the best, it's like, you know, it ends just with like a hand thing, (laughs) which is like, people love hand moments. I love hand moments. And it's so satisfying to the reader because that character has issues with being touched at all. And so like, without going into too much details, I don't want to ruin everything for everyone, which I probably just have. If you haven't read it, what are you doing with your life? I just think that stories like that, that kind of thinks me is dying. <laughs> um, yes, I want to feel the build of a relationship so that when the payoff comes, it feels very satisfying. Give me those and, books. And then Gabby wants to metaphorically have her heart thrown down iconic steps and smashed into an innumerable number of pieces. That is correct. Thank you for knowing me. Of course. Of course. I appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) And your broken heart. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Also, anything with death, like, like, also like death incarnate. What do you want? I want. Not that simple. Sorry. Go on. I want middle grade books that deal with grief. And I, I want this because, so I wrote one 
but I struggled to find ones that I felt really leaned in to the whole journey and how grief is not something that you kind of wrap up and then move on from. It stays with you and it evolves and changes as you change and as you kind of revisit it many times. And I want those. I want books that are accessible to children for like with books with hard, difficult feelings to, to go through. I think there are a couple of authors that that do this really, really well, but I do struggle to find stories like that. I actually, I mean, and this is not, this is just me kind of chatting, but you guys know that I've got a lot of grief experience, both personally and professionally. I've mentioned before, I'm in the mental health world. I've done a lot of stuff with grief. And, you know, I I think what would be really interesting would be to like have a series that grows up with someone like that because I feel like that would be the only way to really do that in like a in a really good way because of this concept of regrieving right because as kids age you are assimilating that grief in a different way throughout your entire life you know what I mean and that like that's the whole thing and to have one where we're really going to grow up and have that be part of the focus of the book in the series. I think that would be phenomenal. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> you throwing that on my feet on purpose? No, never. No. I love, I love that. <laughs> I love a, a middle grade that goes into YA and then maybe even crossover adult. I did read a beautiful middle grade book that is in my secret library by someone who oh, is also in this chat. So good. And it, and it was, it was fast paced and beautiful on a line level. So the sentences were just lovely to read. There were and snacks. I cried. There were I cried. There was good food. Um, oh, such good food. Or my good heart banter. out. Banter. Banter. Oh. <laughs> you guys so are good. kidding me. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> It is, uh, so it is writ in, not stone. The waves of the air? I don't, I don't know. Once on the internet, always on the internet. Oh. Yeah. Yep. You're going back. I know. Well, um, I do have a stack of books for later, it would seem. One other thing, though, I will say is, I'm always happy with the Hades and Persephone retelling. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have read, I haven't read all of Scarlet St. Clair's, but if you've got any others, toss them my way. I have a stack of Lore Olympus here, which is a comic. And then I, not Hades and Persephone specifically, but I have like the Stephen Fry Greek books. They're pretty. I have them right here. What's next? Snacky snacks. Snacky snacks. I made these things called surprise rolls, which Courtney didn't know what they were. So apparently I think they might just be a thing that is from where I come from. I was surprised. I'm sure. I was very surprised. (laughs) So what you do is you make bread dough and then you take like chunks of the bread dough as if you would make them into like rolls, but then you flatten them into like a pancake shape. And you put some stuff in the middle. So I did like, I fried some vegetables and garlic and ginger and whatever. What did I put in them? Courgettes, peppers, tomatoes. Zucchini. um, Sure. sure. 
and like spring onions, onions, stuff like that. And fried them all up. And then I made some meat ones for everybody else too, with, like mixed in with the vegetables. And uh, you can also put some cheese in and then it kind of gets all melty inside. So you put that in the middle and then you close, you've like folded up and you close it. And then all the stuffing is in the middle. And then you turn it upside down so that the part that you sealed is on the bottom of the pan. And then you bake it for like 12 to 15 minutes. And I always put a bit of cheese on top so that it gets all nice and brown and melty. And then it just bakes like that. So everything in the middle is pre-cooked. And then when you take it out and you bite into it, people are like, oh, it's just a roll. But then you get a surprise in the middle. And I guess that's why it's called a special. So that is my snack it's actually a meal. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It is. And it's fun because the bread like gets, it's like soft in, on the inside because of all the steaminess from the the stuff that's in the middle. The yum. Yeah. So you, just, you should make that for the snack off. I will. You know, what's going to be really fun about the snack off uh, this season. What? Nadine has to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we're going to do it on video this time. Oh my gosh. We're going to put on like. Gonna like... <laughs> this is going to be I, I stressful. I didn't realize I signed up for like the great British Too late. here. Like, <laughs> I feel like we were pretty clear about what you were going to have to do here. And if you didn't understand, no that's your fault. <laughs> maybe it's going to change the topic in a second. <laughs> Well, you just made me think about Generose. food that no <laughs> <laughs> food from our memories. Just when you said like, oh, this is something we used to make all the time. And I haven't made this recently, but South African crepes, they're like the thin, everyone has a different word for them. So in South Africa, I feel like they're called pancakes, but here pancakes are like the thicker ones, the smaller ones. Um, so it's like a crepe. And then you put like cinnamon and sugar and lemon juice on them. And then you roll them up. And those are just so delicious. And now I feel like I should go make them. That's my snack. That does sound good. I love that. That is very South African. And I remember us doing that too. Like the full on like lemon juice with the, the cinnamon sugar. Oh, I feel like I feel like you guys should do that for the snack off too. <laughs> I feel like we all actually need to be in the same like very big kitchen and and snack doing like a full on proper snack off. We need to organize. Oh, this. that would be amazing. I actually okay. Have you seen Food Wars? Anyone seen Food Wars? No, but I feel like this is topical. It is. It's well, okay. So it's another <laughs> anime, but it, it's very interesting. Um, also, like when people eat delicious food, it becomes immediately extremely sexual. Like they will like literally like burst out of their clothes because it tastes so good. And I feel like that's accurate. Okay. So anyway, like, I mean, it's like, it's a food competition vibe too. I think that would be uh, fantastic. Although I would prefer to keep my clothes on, but to each his own. I think you have your next book idea. I actually, when we were talking about, um, I have like, I don't know if I'll ever write this. But I would love Food Wars meets Succession. I think that would be freaking awesome. I don't know exactly what that would be, but it'd be fantastic. It would be so many snacks, so much family drama. It would just be like betrayal and backstabbing, but also like 
delicious banquets. I mean, I'd read it. You write it, I read it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, What's as, for, as for my snack, I don't want to share the pasta one because I actually did recently have that and I already talked about that before. I actually, I made this really delicious tofu scramble. It was pretty pretty chill and easy and I had like these biscuits on the side it just like it just tasted so comfy and yummy but it was like uh, my partner loves olives so I I made sure to put some olives in that oh I guess like just to add to my snack I did I made dinner the other night which was the pasta but um my partner and I we actually played this really great game but it was like you know one of the it, it was literally just drawing cards and answering questions And I like lit some candles and it was just super cute and nice. And anyway, that's what we did. And we just like answered just fun questions. It's kind of funny. Like we've been together for a while. So it's like, we kind of know the stuff already, but it was kind of fun just to get into it a little bit more. So yeah, so he's my snack. Um, (laughs) He's the best. (laughs) What a snack. Oh man, he doesn't listen to this podcast. You should have Um, saved that for the other topic. Oh, well, I'll just say it again. (laughs) Yeah, watch out for it when we get to the other topic, y'all. But um, but yeah, so uh, (laughs) yeah. That can be our opening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's right. Who's your snack? (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. So this has been great. Um, Please, please. Look at Nadine gearing up to say be brave. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) You're just going (laughs) to So please. Please, pretty please, the cherry on top, uh, flood our DMs. We would be so appreciative to get more uh, stuff to read. Um, or honestly, like even if you have a story that fits any of the things that we said, please let us know. We would love to to chat with you about it. Um, I think that'd be super fun. So yeah, anyway, be brave. <laughs> Stay beastly. And send us your recommendations. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. We'll see you uh, soon. Bye. Bye.